Hey, Nancy. Hey, Corey. I've got a joke for you. What you got? Two scientists walk into a bar. One looks at the bartender and says, I'll have H2O. The other one looks at the bartender and says, I will have water as well. First scientist looks at the second one in pure fury over his now failed assassination attempt. Corey, uh, I'm, ash I'm ashamed that that came out of your mouth. Thank the interwebs and my endless searches for horrible humor. Yeah, that's one way to put it. And I'll never be able to get that out of my mind. Just remember, failed assassination <gasps> attempts. <laughs> failed assassination attempts should be a part of our, our PSA. Maybe. <laughs> Hashtag don't huh. sue us. So speaking speaking of PSA, I think we should start talking about things we're going to be talking about this week. Because it was Space Week this week, because Apollo landed 50 years ago, so of course we're going to talk about that. Yeah, and then I'm going to kill the buzz. We're going to talk about some tragedy. Not Buzz no, Aldrin. No, no, no. He needs to be around for a while. But we are going <laughs> to talk about a tragedy out in Japan. Some sad things happened. Very sad things. Very sad things. And we'll talk about it. Um, and then we also have another guest segment spot, because we're still trying that out. I got the approval from the bosses. You know, QA, all that. The big, partner who... The big legs yeah. upstairs. So, we have the one and only pop culture junkie joining us to talk about one of his passions for once. Which is exciting. And then... We also have the one and only king of YouTube, Shane Dawson, dropping a video on us this week. So we have to talk Yay. about that. I still haven't seen it because I personally don't know who he is. Oh, we'll no, get there. I know is. him for one thing, but we'll get there. <laughs> one thing or another. And then we also had Comic-Con happen. So we would be silly not to Ooh, talk SDC, about that. SDCC, SDCC, hype, hype, hype. <laughs> So much happened there. Can't wait to break that down. And then, of course, our PSA of the day. Oh, yeah. We got to do one of those. I didn't do that. We do. Now Now that yep. I'm back. Totally your so thing. Let's. It is my thing. And speaking of things, let's jump into it Philip DeFranco style. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because... We got, we got Space Week this week, and do you want to know a fun fact about fact space? So apparently, space is a vapor. They're all about that hashtag vape life, and astronomers have found a massive water vapor cloud that holds more than 140 trillion times the mass of water on Earth's ocean. Well, so fact. That's a fun space That's a fact. fat cloud, yo. <laughs> yep. The dankest of space vape clouds. <laughs> so here's another fun fact. So, the guy who invented the super got? soaker, Lonnie Johnson, 
He's a Tuskegee-trained NASA engineer. He used the money earned from making the toy to do research on solar power and batteries. Not really space facty, but cool facty. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's my kind of man, right or there. Or that um, the three the three member crew of NASA's Skylab Four uh, staged a one day mutiny where they shut off all communications with the ground crew and spent the day relaxing and looking at the Earth. Love it. I would. That would be a good day. <laughs> that that would be the best day where you just get to float around in space, not listen to anyone's bullshit, <sighs> and just. I love space. Space is fantastic. Like I, and even though it's not technically space related, but it is, just the fact that we've explored more of space than we have our own ocean terrifies me a little bit sometimes. Yeah, they found a new <laughs> shark. He is the cutest of. They boys. did. I, so I have a. Huge love affair of sharks. A lot of people are scared of them. I absolutely love any and all kinds of sharks. I think they're just, yeah, they don't have arms. They just have to figure out what things are with their teeth. And they just so happen to have a lot of them. And it just so happens to be attached to a strong mouth. Accidents can happen. with their teeth. (laughs) Right. But they're sweet old water puppies. And now we have super cute glow-in-the-dark sharks. Tiny glow-in-the-dark sharks. And I want they are so small, small boys, super cute. My heart. I want one. I can't wait to own. I can't wait to own like a million of them. I want them all. I will open a sanctuary just for them, just so I can have them. Come catch my GoFundMe, guys. We got to get me those glow-in-the-dark baby water sharks. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's not on my list of fun facts, but fun fact that um, Buzz Aldrin was the first man to unite in space. On the moon, rather. And that at the beginning, that actually urinating in space was a very long affair for NASA to figure out how to do properly. And I can I can imagine that, you know, trying to figure out how to not have it just kind of start water or urine bubbling all over the place. And like not installing everyone with like a catheter. So... I get it and it's also like how nasa spent millions of dollars trying to or to manufacture a pen that could write in space and i remember that i think i think it was maybe russia was just like why don't you just use a pencil like why are you spending all this money on a pen and then nasa clapped back is like because the graphite could interfere with our electric system if anything breaks off so it's a lot safer Shut your mouth. And I'm like, yes, NASA. So the way they first did it was figuring, okay, well, they're not going to be in space long enough so they didn't even think about it. And then Alan Shepard had to get permission to urinate in his spacesuit from NASA engineers while sitting there waiting for the launch because it was delayed for so long. Then they had developed like a condom thing. And so since all the astronauts, you know, it came in three different sizes meet small medium and large no i'm sorry it came in medium large and extra large and all of the astronauts said they were extra large and they couldn't figure out why they kept slipping off in space <laughs> wonder why um the the male ego so, of along astronauts comes apollo with extended extended space stay 
So on the moon, the condom things were still used, but in the command modules, apparently they had a whole system where, if you remember from like watching Apollo 13, they have to vent out the urination. So apparently if you did that wrong, one of two things could happen. Either it all came back in or their pride and joy would get sucked into space. Oh, goodness, no. So... That's terrifying. Then they had to figure, then then it finally came to them doing a diaper when women started going into space. And all the men started switching to the diapers. It's good to know that diaper technology is, you know, has been reliable for hundreds of thousands of years and is apparently space approved. I just think it's fascinating that it took them until women came to space effectively at the time now of course now there's toilets and such of funnels and suctions and fans and stuff to create it to help now but back then it took until women came along to figure out hey let's just use a diaper that would have been thought one having speaking been of baby right now speaking of women in space i do think just like as a woman um and sally ride one of the first female astronauts to ever go into space um, before her seven-day trip, NASA engineers asked her if 100 tampons was the right number of tampons yep, she heard, needed I've heard for the mission. She replied it would not be. <laughs> No. It was, and just like as a woman, I find it so, both like absolutely hilarious and also you know the just like. follow-up oh, no, to that, right? Tell me NASA... the follow-up. Instead, at that point, then halved it to 50. Oh. <laughs> okay, NASA. <laughs> they, can, they can explore space and, you know, come up with great machinery in order to, you know... Go in further to the great beyond, but the second you ask about a woman's uterus, they're like, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll get there one day." I won't hold it against them. They're a bunch of little nerds in an, in a lab. Women are, you know, more common now than they were. It's it's just crazy that it's um, been fifty years since they landed on the moon, and we haven't been back since those twelve men landed. Why? Why? I mean, we did it once, and now we're off, like, you know, putting rovers on Mars and, you know, sending, you know, the Hubble telescope even further into space to catch, you know, galaxies. Like, we are doing things with our technology that just absolutely blows my mind. And, like, it would be cool to see people walk on the moon again, but I'd much rather see Elon Musk get people did you know that NASA has its own radio station? Are they le- laying down it's sick It's called Third Rock space? Radio, and it plays rock Indian alternative music with NASA news items and mission updates embedded throughout. That's actually kind of cool. I might have to give... Yeah, I'm going to have to give that a listen because that is fantastic. Well, I... I think it's maybe time to drop all of this hype down a little bit and talk about some sad stuff. Yeah, should be, should be about that time. So get ready for the drop because, well, 
we're moving into a sad thing. So it is time to talk about a very sad thing that happened in Japan this past week. Um, Kyoto Animation got attacked by what a CNET article suspects is an arson attack. And unfortunately in the anime studio, it killed 33 people and left dozens of people injured. Um, definitely, I know nerd culture was very shook by the news and still shook. I, it's, it's hard to, to think about, you know, why someone would do this. And Corey, I know you're a big fan of a lot of Kyoto Animation's work. So how are, how are you taking everything? Well, I'll be honest. I'm not a big fan of other shows. I know who they are. Um, regardless, it sucks. It's bad for an industry. It's a loss of a lot of director talent, a lot of young talent. Um, a studio that instead of hired um, their artists and treated them as freelance like most do, they actually paid them a salary to work for them. Uh, most of their staff were women. Um, That's really unfortunate, too, because I know... You know, especially in a lot of other cultures, you know, it's a little bit more amplified, but it's always it's always harder, I think, women to get into these types of these types of positions and for them to go in and hire more women as a policy. I think it's a great policy to have. And now I'm just sad about all the women that have probably passed all that talent just gone. They lost everything so this i have an article that i pulled up that came up actually as of our recording about three hours ago of our recording um that's who lost everything was destroyed in the fighter so all paper materials and computers being stored in that studio building had been lost um past works that the studio only had physical or on-site digital copies of were completely lost that means shows that they hadn't finished making um that means shows that maybe had finished a run that they hadn't transcribed over to a home market release yet their originals are gone that's awful um, that's going to be so hard to bounce back so, from too yeah over 30 dead 30 injured as of this writing uh, that this one was um the it is being re- investigated as an arson they do have whoever who the one who did it um he did it because they felt he, they were plagiarizing his work I mean, if you're a fan of anime and have a Netflix account, uh, take a look at um, uh, Violet Evergarden. It's a great show. Or you can take a look if you want to just watch something good. There's also the Full Metal Panic series. Those are good. Uh, those are some of their works. Yeah, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of these pictures of just like even like their promotional, like their posters for, you know, the projects that they've you know done. I also didn't realize that they had done Inuasha. I've actually watched quite a few episodes of that. And I just like, I loved the way that that anime looked. And these, I mean, these animations are beautiful. So. Yeah, there's a lot that they've done. Um, so it's sad. A it's lot sad. of these directive talents are 
not there for a lot of these great shows anymore. So we'll see what happens with it. Um, I know that they did have um, a GoFundMe started. Sentai Filmworks mm-hmm. did. Um, I'll link it when the episode goes live. I'll link. I'll link. I'll link that. Um, yeah, Sentai Filmworks started one that's been shared around throughout most of the anime dubbing community, and even the streaming sites are sharing it out as well. So if if you you know feel like you have a little bit extra to give and you want to help, we'll make sure that it's the official GoFundMe. There's only one. Don't try to fall for any of the other, you know, quote unquote, GoFundMe's that are tied to it because GoFundMe fraud is a real deal. And we want to make sure that the people that were actually impacted and are actually affected are the ones that get the help that they probably definitely need in this trying time of their lives. Yeah, because people do commit that fraud. But... I think moving on, let's um, let's talk about what's up next because this is something that we we're still kind of experimenting with. And I know you thought the one I did kind of alone last week was kind of cool. It it was. I I enjoyed it because of course I had to give us a listen while I was on vacation. <laughs> you just wanted to see if I talk smack or not. Well, I mean, duh. You only did a little bit, so I'm not here to fire back today. No, if my original co-host had been able to been more, he was too busy. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit, but on the plus side, I won't be laying the smack down on you today. No, because then it might uh-huh. get a little raw. And then we might end up raging in a cage. Just don't forget those tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my. <sighs> <laughs> So, we have a new segment to debut. Yes, and it has been a blast to do. And we are calling this a novice guide. A novice (laughs) Nancy's guide. (laughs) Rude, but 100% true. (laughs) Microphone, friendly cough. (laughs) A... Novice Nancy's Guide to Wrestling. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Corey. So this segment that we're in here, I decided we need to have a friend on to teach us a thing or two about a thing. We're going to learn a thing today? We are. I'm going to begin this segment by calling it A Novice's Guide. And today's subject happens to be professional wrestling. And I am, well, not just me, you're here too. You and I are joined by the one, the only, and for today's episode, Professional Wrestling Junkie. Hello, guys. How are we doing? Thank you so much for having me back on. Of course, Mr. Always a pleasure to be here. And we're talking about (laughs) one of my favorite subjects today, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you would text behind the scenes earlier in the week asking you about some of the pay-per-view events coming up and you told me about SummerSlam. Yep, SummerSlam's coming up next month August. It's uh I want to say they've done probably about uh 30 of these now, something like that since uh oh, actually 31 because it was uh, 88 that started, yeah. So been around for a long time, long time pay-per-view and it's 
kind of one of the uh, runners up right behind WrestleMania as far as like the what they call the big four. There's four main pay-per-views every year, and SummerSlam is one of the big four that is widely known all around the world. Is is one like Rage in the Cage? Is that another one? Like... Rage in no. the Cage. I think that was a that may have been like a subtitle to uh, one of the pay-per-views once. Yeah, I thought that was a Jay Giles band song. <laughs> See, so I just want to I want to start this off right now. So like if this is a novice guide, we're going to put me a step below novice cuz that is about my entire knowledge of I... wrestling. So, I'm just putting that out there now. So I'll have plenty of questions. So, segment name change will now be a Nancy's guide. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no worries, no worries. I, I welcome all questions. I'm looking. I've been looking forward to this uh, because, okay, me, my, of course, I've been a fan of wrestling uh, since I was five years old. Been watching it every week, no matter what. And no matter how good or bad the show has been, I've always been watching WWE ever since '85. Uh, and it's just, just something I've always had a passion for is, pro, is professional wrestling. And so, any questions you guys have, shoot them, and I'll answer them as best I can with whatever knowledge I've got on whatever we talk about. But I very much am looking forward to you all's reactions because I know, as Nancy's put, you know, this is all very, very uh, green to her. But uh, Corey, I know you had a little bit of experience watching wrestling on and off throughout your your years, so you may know a little bit more. But still, the attitude enjoy era. these. Yeah, I mean, everyone watched the Attitude Era. Well, I also happened to be during that time, you know, between the ages of 9 and 12 during the Attitude Era. So that was like right. who it was aimed at. Yeah, I was not. <laughs> so, you know, I remember names from them from then. Sure. I remember The Rock when he broke in. Of course, Stone Cold, um, the Hart Brothers. Oh, it's it's um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then Undertaker. The That's all the, I know. Uh, what is it? I remember The Undertaker. I remember mm-hmm. the current mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, Kane. Yes, indeed, oh, yep. I know Kane. I actually know that name. Um, I was going to list it if you didn't. I know things. I, I <laughs> got to meet the Ultimate Warrior when I was a kid and had his autograph. Um, very nice guy, by the way. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, so, well, I'm I know some that because it's not a very popular opinion of him. <laughs> I, I was I a know. kid. I got to meet him. He was nice to me. He went into he, he used to order from I guess small personal story for me when I was a kid. My mom worked at a Chinese takeout place and she was one of the managers and he would always come in for food. Really? So, you get food at a Chinese takeout place? Scandalous. So he would come in and one day I was there and I got an autograph from him. He brought in the picture of himself and autographed it. It was nice. I'm just picturing him running in there with the giant mane of hair, face paint, just screaming, I want some sweet and sour chicken. No! Feed the warrior. <laughs> no! And so, he just press slams you if you don't give it to him in time. You know, that's... Look, he was so... He was nice to us, I guess. I guess that's the reason I can yeah. say he was nice. Is he gave my mom tapes that he recorded of some of his watch because I didn't oh, know wow. wrestling. And that's what started me watching pro wrestling at the very beginning. Wow, that's awesome. Matches. So... I can well, say wait. he's a nice guy because I have that personal experience. Mm-hmm. But, but can you say that he was nice or conceited? Because if he's running around with pictures of himself and pre-recorded VHS tapes that he could just fair, hand out to random people at restaurants. I, you got to think for wrestlers, <laughs> kids make their careers. And the Very tapes true. didn't come the same day as the pictures. The tapes came later on. 
he brought them to her like oh okay yeah maybe i was just trying to give the man a little bit of a hard time no you don't respect it you don't disrespect the dead nancy oh i'm sorry (laughs) well well actually uh according to uh saudi arabia warrior's still alive because if you don't know this the last uh year and a half now uh wwe's been working with the uh princes over there in saudi arabia where they do shows over there now and it's really disgusting because they're practically just you know getting blood money for these shows and on their first show they requested specific wrestlers to be wrestling at the show and they said we want yokozuna and ultimate warrior to be here and perform in, in the matches and it's like okay warrior died in like 2013 2014 i believe and then yokozuna he died in like 1998 99 something like that so yeah to show you where the wrestling age gap differences are between these two cultures but i guess we should yeah. probably get back to the the actual topic here summerslam um, so summerslam so what is summerslam you said it's like one of the big four along with wrestlemania um yeah so, so- uh WWF, okay, of course, is a wrestling promotion that's been around for over 70 years or so now. It started off as Worldwide Wrestling Federation, and it was owned by uh, Vincent Sr., Vince McMahon Sr., not the Vince McMahon Jr. that's currently running it. That was his father, of course, that uh, originally owned it. And the, the WWF came about because Vince uh, Jr. bought the company from his father, and this is after there had been decades of what's known as territories. And that's basically your local wrestling promotions in little parts of different cities and towns. Uh, even like here in Houston, we still have local wrestling uh, independence, basically. And at the time, though, we had these territories all across uh, America. Well, Vince Jr., whenever he decided to uh, purchase the company from his father... He wanted to take his company global and across the country and across the world. And he went around and bought all the good talent from all the competitors and put everyone out of business, basically. Uh, not entirely their, not entirely his fault. He also uh, he bought the talent, but then the other promoters were not willing to think of the future. They were stuck in their old ways, so they kind of put themselves out of business as well at the same time. Okay. So that's kind of where WWF started. It's a rough, rough summary, but they started off with WrestleMania as their first quote, pay-per-view, which it wasn't even a pay-per-view at the time. That wasn't a thing. You still had closed-circuit TV that was uh, showing the the, uh, WrestleMania show. But then they started doing SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and Survivor Series. Those are the first big four pay-per-views every year that they would air from WWF. And SummerSlam came about because Jim Crockett Promotions, which was another competitor that was the uh, NWA, National Wrestling Alliance, uh, they had a show at the same time uh, every year in August, and they put SummerSlam on WWF just to compete with their uh, their pay-per-views. So that's okay. a lot where pay-per-views came from is competing against your you know comp- competition. Makes sense to me. Yep. So, so SummerSlam came about basically because of that. Then is what you're SummerSlam doing. came about. It's so. a, yeah, it's a pay-per-view that. They wanted to air uh, in in the same time period as another competitor's uh, promotion and be like, okay, they have a show that runs in August. Well, we're going to put our show in August and hopefully they'll, you know, 
people would look to ours because we're going to put more money into it than so, our competitors. So, yeah. I like, I so, like the level of pettiness that comes from that. It's like, you're doing August. Fine. I'm doing August and bring me the people. Yep. <laughs> so did they ever directly compete like same weekend or is it just different weekends? Like, no, I'm there was, uh, there were countless times. Uh, Survivor series is another pay review. That's that takes place in uh, November every year. And that was directly uh, competing on probably every couple years, if not. But I know the first year it had Survivor Series, they literally put it on just because it was the same night that they had a NWA show as well. So they purposely put their shows on the same night as often as they could in order to get fans to be like, okay, do I want to go see this show live or order it on pay-per-view? Or do I want to order WWF on pay-per-view or go to their show live? And that's, again, where buying up all the main talent from all the territories, you're going to have the better show just because you have the better talent, regardless of having the better matches, because that was the big difference, is WWF was known for, at the early years, buying up all the talent, the big names. Like Hulk Hogan, of course, biggest name in history, probably one of. Mm-hmm. Never is going to get, is never going to be called the greatest wrestler in the world, because he wasn't. He was one of the greatest sports entertainers and great wrestler as far as the personality, but his wrestling matches were never labeled as match classics. NWA, WCW, other companies were known for having great wrestling matches that, you know, Mm -hmm. fans want to see the actual matches happen and, you know, they want to be entertained by that. But WWF would focus more on the character, on just really the presentation more than the actual match itself. <laughs> so you could say they cared more about the lore versus yes. the content. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. They want so, a nice label yeah, and then don't, don't open the book. Just look at the, just look at the cover. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. So speaking of, so speaking of covers, I would say in terms of me, Cliff noticing all of wrestling, our first, match that I think we should talk about is The Rock versus Triple H. Yeah, so what I did was I sent along to Nancy and Mr. Junkie here um, a, mat- a a list from WWE in preparation of SummerSlam, their list of the top 25 SummerSlam matches ever. Well, 25 is a lot of wrestling to talk about at one sitting, so I wanted to go ahead and we'll talk about the top seven. So, and, and number seven is The Rock versus Triple H. And I know The Rock. And not just because, you know, he's an actor now. I have seen The Rock in his wrestling days, but only vaguely. So I at least know that name. So that's a good, this is going to be a great place to start. All I know, remember about wrestling back in this time frame is The Rock had sideburns in the lip. And Triple H was the pretty boy. But The Rock also had that brow. Like, I mean, like, he's always had had, great No, 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 no. He had the people's eyebrow. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I remember that. It was the people's eyebrow, the people's elbow. Yep. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Triple H, I know more now because he's he's also on the executive side of WWE, currently E. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I know that name from articles I've read involving things with John Cena and things like that. Another name mm-hmm. I know mainly because of what he does in the world, and that is wrestling. Well, you can't see him when he does things in the world, so it's like you only know him by his name. But uh-huh. 
Yeah. <laughs> As it is. So, <laughs> Mr. Junkie, this match yes. came in 1998, and you're going to have to tell me a little bit here about what in what the inner... So, they were fighting for the Intercontinental Championship? Yes. So, okay. This is uh, 1998, 21 mm-hmm. years ago now. Oof, Things yeah. were a little different. Okay, you're gonna hear that a few times probably as we're talking about these older matches where it's all right. You know, it was a different time. Okay, so in uh, 1996, Dwayne Johnson—that's his real name, of course—debuted uh, as Rocky Maivia, and he took his name from his grandfather and his father, who both were uh, former uh, wrestlers, uh, Rocky Johnson and Peter Maivia, and he, that's where they put his name together. He debuted I as this as this white just white purebred white baby face character smiling and the fans hated it they just hated being uh being shoved you know they just didn't like like the rock at all and uh <laughs> instead of just trying to be the baby face and smile and just be like yeah everyone's gonna like me eventually they decided let's turn him heel because that's what you do whenever people aren't liking your face which is again faces your good guys, heels is your bad guys. Hey, Captain Lou Albano played both of those. Fun there fact: you go. Mario. I don't know his <laughs> name because he was Mario. <laughs> so, uh, The Rock became uh, a heel, and he started to cut promos that were very entertaining, but they would you know insult people left and right, the audience and such. But he started to become the bad guy that you started to like, but not yet here. At the time, he joined a stable, is uh, other term for gang, but he's joined a stable yeah. called the Nation of Domination. And it sounds just like it, it, it is. It's uh, basically a black militant group resembling the Black Panthers. That's really what they resemble. Okay. 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 Now, in 97, Triple H, then known as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, that's where the three H's come from, by the way, uh, him and Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest of all time, they formed a faction called D-Generation X, along with the Ninth Wonder of the World, China, and they were their, just your typical degenerates. If you've ever seen someone do a crotch chop, that's where it came from, is DX. Can I, I'm going to pause you for a second. Yeah. Triple H and China had like a scripted relationship, didn't they, during this time uh, frame? They were real-life boyfriend-girlfriend living together. They actually okay. were a couple... Uh, but yes, on in that whole stable, uh, they were not really on screen on screen together, but it was it was known. But they didn't really okay. make it a big storyline gimmick. Uh, gotcha. She was the manager of DX, really. Well, okay. the muscles slash manager, I guess. One of the better female wrestlers of all time, China. Oh, one of the greatest. Season. China's Bay. I I know China. China is Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it? So, DX and the Nation are feuding. So you have a degenerate group versus Nation of Domination. Uh, That's basically what was happening the whole summer, or throughout the year, actually, because The Rock and Triple H had matches leading up to this match. Now, this match is, yes, I would say in the top ten. It wouldn't be my number seven, maybe, but it would be in my top ten for sure. And uh, that's because it's a ladder match, which was made famous by Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon years before at WrestleMania 10. Uh, the point of the match is uh, you, instead of pinning your your opponent or making them submit, you put a title belt above the ring and you have to climb a ladder and get it. You just got to knock your opponent out long enough to where you can get it without them interfering. 
Sounds simple enough. Gotcha. Sounds Just simple. Yeah. Beat them with a ladder, knock them unconscious, set up the ladder, climb up, game over. Got it. Perfect. <laughs> so, I guess, would you consider this worthy of the top seven of all time? I don't have it in my top seven. I did make a list of my top seven, which we can go over in a little bit, but I would say it's in my top ten. If I if I had to do a ten list, it would be in my top ten uh, because it, at the time, both of these guys had not become the main card, main top guys yet. Now, The Rock, just this is in August of 98. In November, he's going to win the WWF title at Survivor Series, and then by the beginning of 99, he's on a roll to go to WrestleMania and, and headline against Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he's on his way to being a main top guy right there. Mm-hmm. Triple H was still stuck in that mid-card spot until the following SummerSlam, really, uh, when he finally got some uh, title shots. But at the time, Triple H was still trying to get out from uh, Shawn Michaels' shadow, really, because okay. earlier earlier in that year at WrestleMania 14, Shawn Michaels had his last match uh, due to a back injury. And they had to uh, replace him with other people to join DX following that event. But Triple H here really kind of gave him a chance to shine and show that, hey, I'm not just, you know, Shawn Michaels' uh, little sidekick. I can really put on a great match. And it was different for them, too, because these guys were not known for your quote-unquote hardcore style matches. So that's what really made it appealing. Gotcha. So I think we're going to go to number six on their list, which is from 94. Yes, and this is yes, a very good match. So Bret Hart versus Owen Hart in the steel cage for the championship. So I'm brother versus some, brother. I'm all about the sibling, the sibling rivalry. Where's I know it? who Bret the Hitman Hart is. Sunglasses and all, I know that persona. Like I know that yeah. name, having never really watched any of his matches. I I know who he is. <laughs> Owen Hart, I know mm-hmm. who he was as well. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, his life and career were cut short at an event and during a practice. Uh, no, it was during the show. Oh, was it during the show? I always thought it was. It was, it was live on pay per view when it happened. Yep. Gotcha. Oh no. Yeah. So. <laughs> How long after this match was that? Uh, that was at the uh, Over the Edge pay per view in uh, May. It was May twenty third, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, so this was yep. a while after. Yeah, five years. Okay. Yep. So this match, tell me about it. <laughs> so uh, the Hart family is uh, a, is legendary in Canada, of course. That's where they're mm-hmm. from is ca- Canada, but. The uh, Bret Hart, Bret Hamman Hart, he debuted in the WWF in the er, uh, well mid mid eighties. Owen Hart uh, followed in the footsteps and uh, would wrestle at his. Okay, their their father Stu Hart had a wrestling promotion called Canadian uh, Canadian Stampede, and they would do uh, wrestling promotions out there. It was basically an indie show kind of setup, but that's where all the Hart brothers, because there's multiple, they had like. 13, 14 kids, including daughters and sons. It's ridiculous how many kids they had. Uh, but they would uh, wrestle for their father's territory. Brett got the opportunity to go to WWF, and you know he never left there until the uh, Montreal Screwjob in 97. But Owen followed shortly after, 
and they really kept them apart. They didn't even want the fans to know that these two were brothers. And the way they did that was they had Owen Hart debut as the Blue Blazer character, and which he looked like a very crappy superhero in a mask, and they wouldn't even announce that his name is Owen Hart. They just said Blue Blazer, which was odd, uh, because they didn't want him associated with Brett at all. But fast forward uh, to uh, Royal Rumble of 19... Actually, Survivor Series in 93, they had a little... Uh, family feud match where it was all the brothers uh, in a tag team match. It was four on four against four of the guys. And during the match, uh, Owen and Brett accidentally collide into each other. And Owen's the only one that gets pinned on their team. And he throws a hissy fit as the younger baby brother would. Mm-hmm. And they kiss and make up later on at the Royal Rumble in January, Brett and him, they've now become a tag team. They go for the tag belts. Brett is injured, mock injured, of course, but uh, he ends up losing the match for them and they don't win the titles and then Owen Hart gets really upset and he attacks his brother and that leads to a match at WrestleMania 10 that same year which was an incredible matchup and then this match is the follow-up to that because at WrestleMania 10 they had a opening matchup Owen versus Brett Owen won the match that was the first match of the card but later in that night Bret Hart got a, a WWF title match at that same show and he won the WWF title match uh, that night so he won the the main title even though he lost to his brother early in the night so Owen's like well I get the first shot I should get a shot at the title and they finally get a match here at the uh, SummerSlam show for the WWF title inside of a steel cage because you got to have a way to finally settle this feud okay so Steel cage matches. How how common are they? On like, and off, like they... a big. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but no, is no. this like a big deal when it comes up in a pay per view? Does it come up like in a in a normal Monday Night Raw or in a SmackDown episode? Okay, here's what I here's the thing I have about cage matches. I grew up watching cage matches as a stipulation you would only see because something has to finally have a solution, a final, you know, ending to a feud, storyline, whatever you want to call it, you would see two wrestlers have a feud. Whatever they're fighting about, you know, somebody called somebody's mother this or whatever, who knows. And the match would go to a draw, maybe they had a time limit back then, or somebody would get thrown out of the ring and get counted out, and so you never really got a declared winner because nobody got pinned or submitted, so you don't have a a final, I got the last win, I, you know, I am the one that went over. So cage matches were used to make sure you had nowhere to go. You couldn't, you know, run away and get counted out. You had to have a winner. Then you would also have sometimes people interfering in matches, and this would prevent them from interfering. Lately now, cage matches have become just, hey, let's, we need a, we're going to do a cage match. Uh, You and you just fight but why why do we have a cage involved oh just the people will love to see a cage like but why is the cage needed that's the problem with stipulation nowadays yeah so i have a question because i feel like i've seen people like enter the cage Uh like for like lack of interference which i guess is like one of the purposes of said cage so when did they start like like we're gonna have extra people crawl into the cage and just have it become chaos I think it really, uh, ever since the Attitude Era, that's when all the rules got thrown out because it was basically <laughs> the wild, wild west of everything. Just do whatever you want, make it look good, and get us ratings. <laughs> Screw the rules. We need money. Get it done. Pretty much. 
Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So but, as far as, but as far as this matchup, Brett and Owen, they definitely stole the show. The only other match on this pay-per-view at that SummerSlam was a uh, poorly, uh, I mean, it was greatly hyped. It was a Undertaker versus Undertaker match. Uh, they had Undertaker out with injury in real life. He was injured and needed surgery. And they had a, a gimmick where they had killed off the Undertaker, which I don't know how you kill the dead man, but that's what they did. <clears throat> and then they had another wrestler, you know, dressed up to look almost exactly like the Undertaker, uh, which was later called the Fake Undertaker, of course. And that was the uh, only other big match coming into the show. But Bretton Owen stole the show with this cage match. Okay. So does this? I know we're gonna go over your list, so I don't need uh-huh. a number placement. Does this one make your personal list? Nope, this would not make my top seven. I mean, I did a top seven since we were doing the top seven, but it would Absolutely. still be my top ten. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. <clears throat> so, I'm actually going to say something here. Um, I think we're going to break this up into two parts. Um, I think I'm. Ha- I think we're having a good time here. I'd like to be able to go into these matches in detail, like we're going. So, you cool for sticking around to keep recording for a little bit longer, Mister Junkie? Absolutely. All right, so guys, we're going to switch over to our next segment and we'll be picking right back up here in the next episode with more conversation. Well, I learned a lot. Did you? I did. Especially since I've only ever kind of casually maybe thought about wrestling once in a blue moon but i think i have a deeper respect for for the art that is pro wrestling thanks to mr pop culture junkie himself yeah he did a good job didn't he he did and he has a bunch of you know videos up on youtube you know talking about various things and i know wrestling is one of them and I think that gives us the perfect opportunity to talk about what happened last week in your sub box. Yeah, you're going to have to explain all this to me. Yes. So the king of the internet, Shane Dawson, um, he is usually really quiet on YouTube. He only ups- uploads content once in a blue moon. He has He really started doing the more docu-series thanks to his Jeffree Star docu-series and that kind of like put Jeffree Star back into a favorable light um, and also kind of started this type of formatting. He also did um, The Mind of Jake Paul and whether or not um, he was a sociopath or not was the word that got thrown around. A little bit of controversy that came with that. Okay. Um, And like every time that this man puts something on YouTube, the internet stops and gives it a quick look. And under his spotlight today was a YouTuber by the name of Eugenia Cooney. Okay. Eugenia Cooney was a YouTuber that I had followed for a little while, but unfortunately for my own mental health reasons, had to step away um, because she had been struggling and also denying an eating disorder. And she never confirmed whether or not she had one until Shane Dawson's video. So 
Shane Dawson had been teasing this uh, this YouTube uh, series, or just this one is a single episode, and it's about an hour long. Um, it's well worth the watch. Um, I thought, you know, it was just a great way to see someone recovering from something, and it was just like friends interacting. It was really well done. Do, re do really recommend. Um, but she had never gone on record actually saying she had a problem until this, and she actually ended up taking some time away from YouTube to get better. Um, so it kind of just addresses, you know, her, like where she was at before and kind of just, you know, her time away. And then also what she's doing now to get healthy. And it was just, it was great to see. So gotcha. I, de I, I definitely recommend giving it a, a quick watch. It takes like an hour, watch it while you're doing the dishes or, you know, while you're unwinding. Because it's just, it's good to see. Because I know a lot of people had, you know, cared about her. And she apparently lives in a interesting house. I won't spoil it because I think it's kind of funny. But her, the, the house that she lives in has an interesting history to it. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Yep, that's what happened last week in your sub box. Okay. Yeah. I might give it a watch. I honestly, not usually the form of video content that I watch. I mean, then again, a lot of the stuff I watch is stupid Mario videos and like gaming breakdown history videos. So, I mean, I've got little and tech videos. Yes, you do like your tech videos. Linus yeah. for the win. Um, yeah. My see, but my YouTube isn't too much better because I mean, I watch game theory. <laughs> and like of course the game grumps and I, I watch more like video game playthroughs but oh, it's also where I catch up on the speed runs I miss YouTube has a very specific purpose in my life and usually documentary series aren't part of that but I might give it a watch I think it's worth it I, I just enjoy YouTube content I watch YouTube than any other platform now because uh, I apparently have a problem but they do also have really good creepypasta readings. And since it's July, it's time to get into the spooping. So. That's never not time to spoop. They're never not time to spoop. But well, yes. speaking of spoop, spoop actually helps us talk about what we're going to talk about next. Because there is an entertaining thing that happened this week. <laughs> I can hear your eye rolls, but you love it so much. It's time for entertainment. Oh, it's time for entertainment. And oh my, that's. It hurts me to say, but I can't help it. <laughs> so we got Comic-Con. Yes, Comic-Con had happened and so much got announced. Yeah. Hashtag hype. So Ooh. where do we want to start? I think I'm going to go all the way back. because So shout outs to article that will get posted in group before recording goes up because... Yeah, from Polygon. It has a quick little highlight of everything that happened. I'm going to start at the beginning. Because start. we've got some... Let's see. So first day, let's highlight. Let's What do we got? So Sony was selling some real-life loot crates at the PlayStation booth. So Fantastic. get your loot on. Get your uh, hashtag gamer skills going. 
Uh, shout okay. out to Gamer Girl who got suspended from her account <laughs> for oh, selling her yeah. bathwater. I, I like that it was the bathwater that did her in and not her fake Pornhub account. <laughs> She's probably mean to be fair, Pornhub will put anything on there. You want to find a movie spoil or leaked before anything? Honestly, go search on Pornhub. Pornhub. <laughs> you'll, you, you'll usually find an actual movie on there because people don't think to search it. Yes, I do still like the wholesome content um, from Pornhub creators Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He yes. is still one of my favorite Pornhub content creators of all time. <laughs> so shout out to him. So anyway. So, we got a we got Top Gun sequel trailer. I need to know what Why? type of child's blood Tom Cruise is using to look like he hasn't aged. Because there's no way it's, there are no sacrifices. It's all that Scientology he's doing. Oh. What is it? Xanthar? Or not Xanthar? What is the god of Scientology again? I know it begins with... I have no idea. I don't know anything about Scientology. We have to tread carefully. If we say something bad, they may sue us. Eh, not like we're a stranger to that. However, um... <laughs> It could be all that Scientology. I mean, look, at he looks great, and um, John Travolta looks like crap. John Travolta is rough. But he's been rough for a while. Speaking of rough, do you see Val Kilmer in these trailers and how he's looking nowadays? Also a big old oof. <laughs> some, we also uh, this... got some reboot trailer, which was great. Whoop, I'm whoop. so hyped for Jay and Silent Bob reboot. It's going to be fantastic. I Most people are going to think it's a bad movie, and by all rights, they are correct. But I'm just, I have a soft spot for Kevin Smith. I love his content. Kevin, um, Kevin Smith is a pure boy on the on the world, and I'm so happy that we just, we get to be in a, the same I'm timeline as Kevin Smith. thinking about going to the showing of it here in town when it comes that him and Jay Muse are going to be at. It's 50 bucks a ticket. Well, worth 50 bucks, I'd say. So... We'll see. It might be a birthday present to myself. Instead of the watch you usually get for yourself? Let's not go into that. That was creepy. You want to talk about <laughs> creepypasta. That was creepypasta. We're saving that for another time. Okay. Um, yeah, Jay and Silent Bob reboot trailer dropped. It looks like Jay and Silent Bob's trick back, which is perfect. It's the same movie again. It's making fun of reboots, and I love it. Um, shout out to the fact he got Ben Affleck to come back into it as a cameo. I love it. He, he yeah, because that... He, he got all the boys back. Um, no. Batman Beyond's getting a Blu-ray HD remaster. Which, I mean, I'm kind I, of excited for because I loved the Batman Beyond series. Um, all 255 episodes of Robotech are available streaming for free. Yay! Actually, if you haven't seen it, shout it out. Go watch it. It's good. Is it real good? Is good. <laughs> Veronica Mars season four drops. Surprise. Woo. Um, Rick and Morty season four clips drop. Oh, yes. I'm so, you know what? Like, despite the Rick and Morty fandom, I, I'm yeah. still, because the fandom is something else. And I, I'm one of those, like, don't, those. The biggest they, day one controversy was they grew up Steven and Steven Universe for the movie. 
He has a neck <gasps> now. No. What's the point? How dare they? Or it's Netflix like when dropped... they. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was like, or it's like when they aged Ash Ketchum by giving him teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do what they normally do in anime and give him bigger boobs. Yeah, that would have made Pikachu a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <sighs> Netflix dropped the Witcher trailer. And Henry Cavill. And he is ripped. <sighs> so 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 yummy. Not even that big of a Henry Cavill fan, but like mm -hmm. I'm starting to become one. For all the all the female reasons, because <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Watchmen trailer dropped as well. HBO's Watchmen series. I think this is going to be the next Game of Thrones. Yeah, I would say so, but I don't think it'll ever be the same as Game of Thrones unless they do like super detailed first two seasons and then rush through the end and then absolutely train wreck the final season. It sounds Hashtag like HBO. Shots fire. Hashtag <laughs> HBO. We got the Star Trek Picard trailer, which looks pretty interesting. Still not the biggest Star Trek fan, but definitely we'll be giving it a peep. Or a That's peep. Sir Pat's too. Yeah, and the biggest thing that happened at Comic-Con really was Phase 4. So much Phase 4 news. Cannot wait for Loki. Okay, so here we go. Let's <laughs> go by release date and announcement time. So the first thing they came out with was the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Coming in 2020. Woo! So, be a good year. <laughs> confirmed it's going to have Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie. I'm glad that we're, we're getting some consistency. So they are going to have all of the movie actors reprising their roles as best as they can. Um, so that's going to be one of the things coming there. Um, actually, right before that, it was announced the first big Phase 4 movie coming that was announced was The Eternals. With Angelina Jolie. Should um, be interesting. Yeah, it's Especially gonna be a good she hasn't, Yeah, and she hasn't been in much lately, so... She's at that stage of her career where she can pick and choose what she wants to do, much like Hulk Hogan did. <laughs> it's like, I'm gonna just do this, and it's gonna be done this way, and no one can tell me no. So yeah, after that, we moved over to the Falcon, and then they announced Shang-Chi... Shang-Chi, I don't know if I'm saying it right. I don't know how I haven't actually seen the video for it, but anyway, Shang-Chi and the in the Legend of the Ten Rings. And it's actually going to be the MCU debut of the Mandarin proper at that shitty Iron Man 3 thing. <laughs> so that's pretty hype. They're they're hitting the reset button on that one. They're like, wait, let's go back. Let's try that again. WandaVision coming to Disney Plus. Da, 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 da. I'm hoping it's just what I think it is, and it's the everyday life of Wanda and Vision as a family. Oh, I think I burnt tonight's dinner. It's okay, honey. Insert laugh track here. <laughs> and then you're getting the Loki series. Yes, I'm so in excited. The spring of 2021 Loki. with Tom Hiddleston playing Loki. He's the only Loki, so of course he's going to be playing it. Thank goodness, and I cannot wait, because I love it. Then we've got in May 2021, and I'm loving it, because you've got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is the name of it. So this ought to be great, and it's going to have, um oh god, what's his name? It's on the tip of my Bene tongue. Bene 
Benestachio Cumberdoodle. Pumpernickel? <laughs> Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. He's going to be in it. Um, and so is Elizabeth Olsen. I think that's going to be cool. Definitely. So I like Doctor Strange, one of my favorite Marvel characters. The movie was absolutely fantastic, too. So I'm just I'm excited for more Doctor Strange content. And then you've got some other strange content with the What If series. Animated What If series. And I can't wait. Ooh. I hope they do a what if Iron Man didn't snap. That would be fantastic. And it just shows them all die. <laughs> right. It's like, if not snap, snap, all dead. End of episode. And it's like 20 seconds. There you go. <laughs> Jeremy Renner coming back for the Hawkeye series. That'll introduce Kate Bishop. I love it. We also have Natalie Portman as female Thor. Thor Love and Thunder. My favorite thing about this is seeing the reaction of the internet and people who don't know comic books and how mad dude bros are. Saying it's ruining the franchise. And honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of Natalie Portman as an actress, but I love this idea to actually show Jane Foster as Thor. I thought that was an interesting storyline that Marvel did in the comics for her cancer. How she survived having cancer. She was Thor. The hammer deemed Thor unworthy and made her Thor. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, it gave us the opportunity to have one-eyed, bearded, axe-wielding Thor in the comics doing badass shit. So it makes it all worth it. And it's yes. just, I, I mean, it's good that Natalie Portman's back. Because, like, she's she was like, they're in the first Thor, like an afterthought in the second, and we got her for like an all two minutes of the last Avengers movie. <laughs> so I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna like it'll it. It'll be good. Um, because guess what? That doesn't mean Chris Hemsworth isn't Thor. He's still Thor. They've confirmed Bro Thor coming back, yo. Oh yes, I can't wait for Bro Thor. Give me that belly. <laughs> so and Coming May 2020, Black Widow. It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. I, I think this one is gonna be the one I'm the most skeptical. It takes about. place between Infinity War and, or I'm sorry, it takes place between uh, Civil War and Infinity War. So it takes place between those two movies. Yeah. So it, it's gonna be interesting. So um, guess what? That means confirmed. She's still dead, yo. Well, yeah, of course she's she's not coming back. It's, well, comic, we all books. Knew. it's comic books. They can bring characters back anytime they want. This is yeah, confirming but... they are not yet. Yep. They, they probably won't bring her back. Unless they, they sent a fucking her. clone, which is something Marvel would pull. Still alive. Watch this movie. Ha ha. We sent a clone. Fuck you, middle, middle finger. <laughs> because Avengers is now past Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! They did it. It only took us. It only took an extra seven minutes of footage at the end of the, and then plus like the extra bonus footage at the end of the, you know, end of the credits for it to happen. But by golly, we did it. Yeah, but you know what my favorite thing out of this whole Marvel block of Comic Con was. What? Blade. That's gonna be fantastic because we've been long overdue 
Mahershala Blade Ali content. is going to be Blade. I'm all a two-time Oscar-winning actor wants to be Blade. His portrayal of Cottonmouth and Luke Cage is what saved the first season of that series. See, and that I think is really fitting too, because if you really think about it, Blade is really the movie, like the movie series that kind of helped get Marvel going, because we had those three Blade movies. And they're Marvel, and kind it of, gave yeah. a kind of sort of. I mean, Marvel enough, but that's really kind of what jump started this whole superhero Marvel comic book based franchise that we all just get to enjoy. So it's nice for them to kind of bring it back and have someone that I think is going to kill it. Oh, Marshall is going to kill it as Blade. I like the story that Kevin Feige told um, when they asked him about why him for Blade. Um, he said, well, he came to us and said he wanted to do Blade. And we said, okay. <laughs> we won't ask why. We're not going to ask why. He yes. essentially said when Marshall <laughs> asked, asked, asked about Blade, you do Blade. <laughs> So I think that's only fitting. It's perfect. He's going to kill it. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. So, well, Miss Nancy, do you have your PSA of the day ready? Oh, we do need to talk about our PSA of the day. But before we jump into our PSA today, there is one thing I think we should acknowledge. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and that it's Robin Williams' birth birthday on the 21st. Oh. Yeah. I'm sad. I mean, it's been a roller coaster of emotions, this thing today, but <sighs> I couldn't not talk about it because of how much I love Robin Williams and his work. So this this is just a little, little friendly reminder to one of your favorite Robin Williams movies. And enjoy everything that he had brought us. Yeah. I got nothing to add. Nope, that's that's I think. Yeah. So now we can get into our PSA of the day. Da, 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 da. Awesome. So, as you know, I was on vacation last week. Yeah, how was that, by the way? Oh, it was busy. I did a lot of running around the entire time I was up in my, my home turf of Chicago. I ate way too much of the best food on the planet. Hashtag no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> I got my deep dish pizza. I got my Chicago hot dogs. Because I only eat hot dogs that are Chicago dogs. I am an elitist. Call me out. I'll fight you on it city style. Let's go. I, I don't call you an elitist. I take <laughs> pity on you for missing out on significant culinary attributions of other cities to this world. Not everything has to be about Chicago. It, see, but now here's the thing. It's just there. there is a special place in my heart for classic Vienna beef Chicago. That's oh, I understand. Vienna beef water. dogs and the Chicago dogs are good. Chicago style hot dogs are really good. There are other styles out there that beat them by far. I've just been burned in the past, so I just 
I'm very particular about the wieners I put in my mouth, okay? And you can take that clip to the bank. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to clip that in post. <laughs> um, but I also had my sandwiches. I, 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 I got the full Chicago culinary experience of everything that I missed out. And it was fantastic. I also oh, good. Yes. And I did get to ride a wooden roller coaster that went upside down. Because I went to Six Flags. Congratulations. I went to Six Flags Great America and I got the best adrenaline rush that I needed for years. But I didn't know that wooden roller coasters could go upside down. Uh huh. And it blew my mind, but I really thought I was going to die. And it was the best feeling I've had. I've never had a feel like that. The same. Skydiving. Oh, I can't wait. Um, but speaking of death, our PSA of the day involves an airline tweet that we had gotten. And apparently, according to this article, um, KLM India Airline had a little bit of a controversy happen over Twitter um, after citing a 2015 analysis by Time Magazine of a seating chart of where you're most likely to die where, when you're sitting on a plane. So I found this article fascinating because I was on a plane twice going to and from Chicago. <laughs> did, did you sit in the middle seat? Um, I was actually closer to the back. Um, okay, I was good. probably five rows from the back seat. Just those, those, those statistics, you know? The, the statistics do read that um, it has the least amount of fatality ratings at the back and that the most likely place for fatalities is the middle, you know, on the wings where the, you know, a lot of engines, like, I get it. And then second most likely place to die is the front of the plane. So <laughs> it's... I mean, you know, know, hashtag the more you know. Thank you, KLM. Yeah, I'm glad you think that. And I mean, of course I do too, because I would rather, you know, I have no problem <laughs> sitting in the back of the plane because a lot of times it's where all the chill people are. It's like the back of the bus it's the same it's the same deal um and the internet didn't like it the internet hated it the internet had an uproar because apparently people don't like to know the likelihood of them dying based off of where they sit places <laughs> so the reaction didn't go over very well um well you gotta think about the odds of dying in a plane crash right not very high. So, unless you're on the, one of those new Boeing, like, you know, jets that they had to recall because so, of all those crashes. But that's a whole different can of work. <laughs> so. Think about this, all right? To, to put your life in, to put, okay, so to put the chance of their statistics coming into your into your personal life is a one in five point four million percent chance that could happen. You're more likely put this to get into a little a bit of. You're more likely to be more likely to be struck by lightning, or be attacked by a shark. 
than you are to die in a plane crash. And death by cow is more common than lightning and shark attacks, in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> so in that odd percent chance your plane's going down, sit in the back or run to the back. Or in your case, take off your seatbelt and parachute yourself into the back. I mean, you won't parachute, you'll hit real hard, but I should stop. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stop you while you're ahead. Um, if you could say that. But I think I guess our PSA of the day is don't tell people how they're gonna die. <laughs> I they mean they don't like it very much. But we're all gonna die one day. Death is the only permanent thing. Everything else Besides is temporary. From... Other than taxes. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna stop you there now. <laughs> so PSA of the good day, guys. Don't tell people how they're gonna die.